On TV Concierge, The Ringer staff delivers a guide to the vast streaming landscape by discussing one show or movie per day, including premieres, the latest surprise Netflix hits, periodic check-ins on favorite TV shows, new movies available for streaming, and the host's favorite shows to watch right away. Check out TV Concierge exclusively on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or... Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, so uh, we're back with the uh, Mad Hooper Sasha, our producer. She um, She's really successful right now at The Ringer, and I'm trying to figure out why a legend like herself, herself is so mad. Sasha, why are you mad? You know, not only am I successful, but the Lakers are really successful. You might wonder, why am I so mad? Why am I so mad? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why I'm so mad right now. It's because everybody on the internet, all Lakers fans, all y'all media, media. okay. All right. Are so hot and cold on one Mr. Kyle Kuzma, who doesn't deserve all the hate that he gets Mm. all the time, except when it's love. Mm. That's what I'm talking about today is that Mr. Kyle Kuzma gets all the hate all the time, except when it's mm. love, because y'all just want to be hot and cold on this man all the time. You loved him when he was playing lots of minutes all the game, but we were th- winning 35 games a season with bad Luke Walton, bad Luke Walton. Don't even get me started on that man. Crusty, bad Luke Walton. And we had 35 wins and we loved Kyle Kuzma because he was Wavy. I mean, he is just so great. He puts a little spin move on all the time, little 360. He loves to do that, and I love that. But now you're always getting on his ass about his outfits, that his outfits are going to distract him from the game. Doesn't make any sense, and I don't like that. That doesn't even make any sense to me because you guys see how P.J. Tucker dresses out here. He's got like 3,000 pairs of sneakers. Like, I don't understand why you have to get on Kyle Kuzma's ass. And you know what it is? It's because he wears fur coats. Mm. It's because he wears fur lined coats mm. and he wears crop tops and he wears all kinds of things that you guys don't like. And let me tell you, there's some homophobic undertones to this shit. Now, let me tell you that I have noticed that. I have noticed that over the past three or four mm. years that there's a homophobic undertones to the Kyle Kuzma mm. hate on the internet. And I see, and let me tell you that I see mm. you, that I'm seeing mm. you when you do that okay now you all want to love him Mm. and now it's all Kyle Kuzma Mm. and now we all love him and let me tell you that I saw I saw before that I I was seeing she has the glasses on and I still and I still Mm. see tell them why you mad and I see the flip flops Mm. and I see the flip flops Mm. Mm. a real one's up next Poppin', real ones here. Logan Murdoch here. Roger Bell here. What's poppin', Roger? How you doing, man? How was your weekend, dog? You really want to know, or are you just saying that shit because that's what you have to do to like start the show? Because I'm gonna tell you how it was. Like, if you want to know, I'm gonna tell you. You ever done some shit that you knew you were unprepared for? You know, yeah. Like, that's why you, you're mad. That's why you're getting on my head right now because you were not prepared for that question. I yeah. I listen. I I rolled a team out in the youth basketball scene this weekend against mm-hmm. all of my better judgment. I knew we were unprepared. Um, but, you know, everybody's thirsty to be back out in these streets and play some basketball. So we rolled back out and we promptly got our head beat in by mm. teams, teams that, you know, in the past haven't really posed much of a threat to us. And 
like South Florida, our little bubble down here was like on fire because our kids got beat up and people got their licks in on us. And I'm just a little salty because I knew better. I should not have rolled us out. So that's how I'm feeling today. That's why you didn't want to tell me about your weekend. That's the real reason why you didn't want to tell me about your weekend. It's but okay. I told you. I mean, I told you. So hey, man, you sent me a video of the little homie, your little son, who's a quarterback. Man is a beast, bro. He's a beast, dog. He was playing seven on seven, and he threw a corner route. And I'm like, okay, I need him. He's the number one recruit in the country, <laughs> in the world. Somebody Yo. needs him on the roster, bro. Yo, check him out. Yeah, he's he's okay, Logan. We're trying to keep him. You know, you're at a point where you're trying to find out if kids have real passion for stuff or if this mm -hmm. is just something you you do because you know you you like to do it and that's what separates you know kids or gives them an opportunity to 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 play moving forward so that's where he's at he's 13 um check him out on twitter all our twitter followers though he needs a little you know following shameless plug is what's his name you know dia, what I mean? dia just look up dia bell he's something like that yeah. shameless plug from yeah. my young butt for sure, man. Yeah, man. Right. I saw that. Yeah, he, he was he was doing this thing, bro. But uh, I'm 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 sad. I'm sorry that you had a a not good competitive weekend. That sucks. I'm sorry. It it does, dog. But you know what happened to me last night, man? My nine year old who kind of gets lost in the wash because I got a 13 and a 12 year old who are really heavy mm. into sports. He got his first taste of travel ball last night in some mm. third some third grade like 11 to 10 final score shit, and it was straight. It was just the comedy I needed for the weekend to end, dog. It was fantastic. And he was loving it, like flexing on people. And so it ended on the right note. That's what's up, man. So this weekend, I watched, I started Bridgerton um, on Netflix. Yeah. And let me tell you, Raja, Sasha's on the line too. She knows what's up. The messiest show that I've ever seen in my life. It is the messiest show. I love Bridgerton. Isn't it awesome? I'm on like episode five right now. It's awesome. I watched that shit in two days. I was I couldn't stop watching it. I didn't think I was gonna like it at first. Like, what is this? I'm I'm real. I'm literally here just to support Shonda Rhimes. That's it. Literally why I'm here. That's it. Right. Right. Like, I'm not gonna like this. And I'm like, oh my, the shade on that show. It's like, oh my god. Oh, oh. They said what? What? The Duke right. isn't gonna marry her. What? The Duke. What? I haven't watched the whole thing, so don't spoil it yet. Oh, you don't, it's, it's oh, you don't real, know what the Coleman... Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, know the no Coleman message yet. No, no but, spoiler alert. Very messy show, and I'm very excited that I made that choice to watch it. So, shout out Bridgerton. Um, shout out to Bridgerton for sure. And the only reason I'm also... It was Team Shonda, and I had ran out of stuff to watch. Like, I had been mm. through all the Netflix stuff, so I, I had, like, kind of glossed over it four or five times. Like, I'm not going to watch that, no. And then finally... But the hooks were in, dude, like after the first episode. And I'm going to tell you what, last chance you, um, basketball. Mm. Uh, it's East East L.A. Community College or something like that. East L.A. Uh, Community College, yes. Yeah, yeah. Shout out because I'm into that too. Three, three, uh, three episodes in. Okay, shameless plug. I already watched the whole – I watched Bridgerton this weekend and I watched all of Last Chance You because your boy and Shea Sharano is going to do a TV concierge recording that tonight. It's coming out Tuesday. So, hey, shameless yo. plug. You know what there I mean? On Last Chance You. Let's get to the shits. To the shits. Straight to them. We are a year removed from the NBA getting canceled. Sus no, Suspended. Mm -hmm. For the year after Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID nineteen, I'm even thinking about it. We're having all these COVID uh, anniversaries, and it's part triggering, part like weird, illuminating, all in all in one. Because you're seeing, you know, when you're in it, it's different than how you are looking back at it. Right? That was a very tough, tough, tough day for a lot of people. You know, we were talking about this on the pre-show. Uh, me and Sasha, how was that? How how is it for you? And I, I want to get into what you think first, and then we'll get into an overall of how COVID has affected the league and how also that night affected a lot of things. But Roger, how was it for you when you um, got the news that first Rudy um, had tested positive for the virus, and then th three four minutes later that the league was getting shut down? Oh man, um, personally, like on some superficial stuff, it was kind of. You know, it was, it, I felt a little vindicated because I shut down a trip to, to Park City skiing um, like mm. two days earlier. And everyone was like, oh man, just go and have a blast. It's not, you know, like you're going to be able to, and no later than like 24 hours later, you know, Rudy uh, tested positive after the microphone situation, the league shut down. And I think 
the world kind of took cues from that. Like when the NBA shut down, people were like, huh? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's time to stop going to work. It's time to, so like that was just really, you know, kind of superficial and not really deep. But at the time we had a big decision to make and go. And then I'm not in the league. I wasn't doing a pod. I wasn't blessed enough to be potting with Logan Murdoch and Sasha and the ringer. So I, I it didn't really affect me, um, my work situation because I, I wasn't really involved in the league anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just remember feeling like, what is this going to be? I, I kind of felt like the walking dead early in that process where no mm-hmm. one was in the streets and no one in my house would leave the house except me. And I'd be all like gloved up, masked up, sunglasses on, just fighting for people in this, in the stores for like whatever was on the shelf that day. And it was just the weirdest, the weirdest, the weirdest little vibe. And then it just felt like time was standing still to some degree because mm-hmm. we, you know, we weren't hit by tragic loss. Luckily, um, and it didn't affect my work. We were just living Groundhog's Day every day, you know? Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, that's crazy you said that because Costco looked like Hunger Games and, <laughs> and a year ago, bro. <laughs> you had the, the hazmat gone. You had the, you had the, remember the gloves? You had the gloves on. Yeah, bro. You were, you were Windex. You were doing everything, bro. You were, uh, you were, you were sanitizing all the groceries, bro. Like you were. <laughs> oh my God. Wiping everything down as it came home, right? Man, yo, that was a journey, bro. Logan, it was we had such a, a journey. We had an assembly line when we when I would come home with groceries um, mm-hmm. by the garage. I would open the trunk of the car, and we would assembly line each each item for, with kids that we could trust not to like put their hands in their mouth. Like so, yeah. the two the two older boys, my wife and I, would assembly line all the items. We'd get them mm-hmm. stacked in the garage, cleaned and wiped down. Yep. Then I then I would like put all of the bags into one bag and make sure I wipe my hands down and then we'd run it all into the house. It was crazy. Bro, bro for it would take like 30 minutes to get in the house. No doubt. Like for you to finally just be cool and chill. Um I remember the uh I remember that night vividly, the Rudy Gobert night, because I was in the I was in the bay, but the I was covering the Warriors and um it was the first time I was really traveling on a on a regular level was I felt like I was really catching my stride covering that team, and you know you remember back then it didn't really get serious until um, until the Rudy Gobert night. So before that, you know we're traveling. I think we we had a we had a the Warriors went to Phoenix and then they went to Denver. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grooving. I'm, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm traveling. I'm going across the country. This is fun. This is cool. And, uh, we had a, we had a trip on the horizon where it was, um, Toronto, my favorite city in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Milwaukee. So you got to see Giannis. It was, uh, I think Detroit was on that trip, but it was New York was New York Knicks. The New York Knicks was to end that trip. It was going to be the first time I got like a, a floor shot at Madison square garden. I was doing TV at the time. Mm. I was like, man. You know what I mean? Like I get to do it. I get to do a hit from the floor of Madison Square Garden. This is a big deal, you know. So I'm really looking forward to this trip coming up. And um, you know, I'm talking to my bosses and I'm talking to the people, uh, the higher ups, and we're like, you know, they're asking like, yeah, what do you think about this COVID? I'm like, because you know, you don't, we don't know as much as we know now about it. I'm like, man, I'm good. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Right. Let's go. Because everything that everyone is telling us around this is like. Man, it's just, you know, it's not as bad as the flu. It's not that bad for younger people. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, we're going to, because remember, even when we, when we shut it all down, we thought we were going to be outside at least back in May or something. You know, we thought we were, there was a chance of that. And so, you know, we're not thinking about um, how bad it is. And I remember uh, we had gone to Denver for for a roach or like a quick in and out, you know, Um, and one of the guys on the the Warriors, Chase and Randall, had come back from um, China because of this virus. So we didn't even we st- even after that he had signed a ten day because he had to, his, this uh, Chinese Basketball Association had had canceled already. Okay, and he had come to the to the Warriors, and we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess you know, that just means he's coming to Warriors. This is something that is happening just far far away from us, right? Right. And so we're like, whatever, like this isn't doesn't affect us. And then, um, you know, I remember I wrote the story, and I'm not really thinking about it. I'm on John, the John Hopkins website, like, okay, this is fine, whatever. And we get back, and my my boss at the time, Justin Hathaway, hits me and is like, Yeah, man, it's not. We don't know what's gonna happen, but uh, just wanted to make sure you were good to go on this uh, this this uh, East Coast trip. And I'm like, We're good. Yeah, I'm fine. It doesn't <laughs> mean anything, right? Toronto, then, New York. 
Yes, I'm yeah. fine. I, yo, I am ready, bro. I got my <laughs> hotels. I've got my thing. I'm like, no, we going. We going. We going here. This is what's going to happen. And um, I remember um, I was uh, driving, and I remember he hit me with that news. Like, yo, hey, are you going? And then 10 minutes later, he hits me like, yeah, just to be safe, we're not going to send you on this trip, right? So I'm like crushed. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I really wanted to go. I wanted to go. And um, I, I remember he uh, called, and then 20 minutes later, the Rudy Gobert news hit. And I'm like, oh, that's when it like got serious, serious, right? Mm-hmm. And then the league shuts down. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then another... Another thing goes in my mind and is like, damn, am I gonna have a job, bro? Like, yeah, I work for I worked I worked for NBC Sports at the time, and you know NBC Sports a lot of their ad revenue, a lot of my salary is based on teams playing, right? And I'm like, man, and the first thing I thought of was like, okay, contracts through such and such time, I should be fine, right? I should be good. But what about beyond that? And I just felt like, yo, my career is going to be at a standstill right now. It's, it's, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, sports might not be here for a long time, and that's how I make bread. That's how I make a living. What's going to happen? And, you know, a lot of things were – it's a tough time for a lot of people, man. Um, and I know, like, you know, us, you know, we, we ended up being fine, but, like, it, it was tough for a lot of people out there. It's still tough for a lot of people out there. And I think that's the, um, you know, the lasting thing that I'm seeing is like, man, this is bigger than just, you know, the NBA, bigger than just uh, a lot of things. And I remember being in that moment like, yo, it's going to be a tough, tough time. And it has been a tough, tough time. And, you know, it's still going. But, man, that night was triggering, bro. Man, seeing all that stuff was just – and even last chance, you, you're not – you know, you were talking about this earlier. You haven't seen it, but just – the whole time I'm watching it, it's like the buildup to an inevitable cancellation of everything, right? Because you're right. thinking, you know, they're they're in January, they're in December, like, oh man, it's cool, and not no one's knowing what's about to happen. You know, people went to All Star game, NBA All Star game, like it was that was like people said that was the last time everybody got together, and you know, to to see that and see these COVID anniversaries, it's really triggering because it's like the beginning of the end for a lot of. Um, ways a lot of the life as we know it so yeah man i say all that to say man that was tough and that uh rudy gobert uh anniversary is kind of tough to even see man just because you know a lot of people have lost their lives lost a loved one's lives since then yeah it's been a tough journey man since then it's been i mean i was saying it to somebody the other day um just personally because i know like I, i i you know God bless. We we haven't experienced that tragic loss in the immediate family. Like I know, I know, I have friends that have been affected by it. Um, you know, I, I know people have been affected, but I can say this because it, it didn't affect us like that. But it, it's sitting here now. It just feels like time kind of froze, right? Like I have a you'll you'll be talking to someone about something that happened, and you're like, yeah, man, that was you know that was a couple months ago. They're like, bro, that was a year and a half ago. You're like, yeah. what? You're like, what do you mean? That wasn't that long ago. And you're like, dude, that was that was a year and a half ago, right? Because this whole time has just been kind of this weird twilight zone of a of a pause in the middle of what's going on, right? But um, you know, the way I see it unfolding the most, or the way I see it affecting people the most, Logan, um, aside from the health and the financial, is these kids, because I'm in the high school uh mm-hmm. arena now, um, and all of these seniors that are you know, in this weird spot of I had a an, a, 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 an abbreviated senior year, which in and of itself isn't super fair for for recruitment, but colleges are granting their seniors another year because of COVID. Um, and so there are not a lot of scholarships available. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so now all these seniors are affected in a way where, you know, usual scholarship athlete in a regular year doesn't have a place to go to school. And so these families are now scrambling to, you know, just the trickle down effect that it's had. Um, that's where it, it affects me. Cause I'm dealing with the high school kids the most, right. And trying to, you know, trying to kind of counsel people through prep school years or, you know, taking a D three look instead of a D two or D one look because they're not available. So it's, it's mm-hmm. just been kind of crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, even on the community college level, you're talking about Last Chance U, just a lot of those guys just, you know, a lot of people that go to community college, whether grade, circumstance, all that stuff, they get a second chance through that um, and those types of sports and those types of, um, you know, even academics and especially academics, and they can't get the opportunity that's already hard, the second chance is even more harder because of this virus, because they can't see people in person, because they can't play sports, because they can't be in front of these coaches. A lot of these guys um, are taking, you know, offers without even taking visits. You know, they're not, sure. they're just accepting offers and going into a situation where they haven't even met a lot of these coaches yet. Only time they've met them was on Zoom. And they're trying to make a livelihood. They're trying to get an education. And it's tough right now, man. So, yeah. No, oh, it's that. been- all of that, all of that, though. I was, I, you know, we joke a lot, right? Because I'm down here in Miami in a place where <laughs> I, I've, I've made, you know, no one's wearing a mask. We're all out on these 707 fields and stuff like that, and it's, it's bananas. And I was in the gym this weekend, and my dad said something that stuck, out, stuck out to me, right? Like, because we were out there together, um, watching one of my sons, my other son, play, and he was like, "These kids, they need this. There's so yeah. many of these kids that, you know, even." Even if the risk, what would they be doing if they couldn't be out on these fields running around participating in these sports? And and you just see them; they're happy to be back out. They're competing. Like there's a there's a there's some camaraderie going on out there. And I, I have I've had kids in my program mentally, you know, parents voice concerns for their mental health after spending their their junior year um, isolated from anyone they know. Now it's what we had to do, but there are real ramifications that went with that for kids, you know, people trying mm-hmm. to, you know, socially figure out who they are. So, yeah. you know, I've kind of, my perspective on it's changed a little bit. I've been all over the place. Yeah, me too. And also just the, you know, we talk about how we live, right? Like we have the luxury of being able to work at the crib, right? right. You know, we have the luxury of the, of, to be able to, uh, you know, talk from the house. So there's a lot of people that didn't have that luxury was on the front lines those, you know, what I'm talking about. We talked about Costco. The homies at Costco out here working. Yeah. Two weeks after, we don't even know what this virus is. We're over here having the hazmat suits and wearing the gloves and stuff like that. No, this is every day for them, right? Yeah. This is every day for them, and um, and they had to go through a lot more than we did. You know what I mean? And uh, the mental health health aspect of that was, I can imagine, is just tough. You got to deal with something, and this is your livelihood, and there's not a guarantee that you're going to have a job, and you have to have that on your mind. You have to raise a family, and you know it was just a. T- it's been a tough uh, time all around, and I just want to say, man, like I, you know, we see you. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know what else to say, but like, you know, we see you, and it was tough, and it is tough, and we, you know, yeah, absolutely, bro. I think you, yeah, that's. That's all that needs to be said on, on that. That's real respect for those people that were out there putting it on the line every day in the midst of all of this stuff, bro. Facts. Ooh, ooh. Let's take a quick break and um, let's get some NBA talk. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for $5 chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's 2 for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. And we are back. Um, Raja, I'm not sure, you know, if you were seeing this, but uh, Myers Leonard. <laughs> oh, I live in Miami, sir. For Lauderdale. Mm. I mean, yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, I've mm. seen that. Mm. Myers Leonard said some wild stuff on a Call of Duty stream. Mm-hmm. He said some wild stuff. I'm never going to repeat that. Uh, <laughs> but he said some wild stuff on a stream in a video game, which I've never really like gotten. I've never gotten that culture where, you know, you care so much about this that you're going to speak one out of pocket to speak out of out of turn on somebody's name, but then say all this wild, racist, homophobic, all this stuff on for a video game, bro. Um, right? Go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. let me let me get to the, let me go let me ahead, just lay ahead. it out and give the context. Right. So he says the wild stuff, 
gets fined $50,000 by the league and suspended for a week, but gets to keep his full salary because he is injured. Then has to go through a cultural diversity training um, and then put out a statement on his uh, Instagram. I don't know if you saw the uh, the video, Raja, but when he said that, he he... He said it like he was in the like in the corner, like it was a corner three, and he had so much time to shoot it. He took a dribble, he looked <laughs> around, he pump faked, then he shot the shot. Right, he was right. there. Right, yes. he says he didn't mean it. He says he didn't know what the word even meant, Raja. But now he's going to go through cultural cultural diversity training, and everything's going to be well. Right, he's going to get suspended for a week, and everything's just going to be hot, just just fine. What do you do? You think that this punishment matches the um, the transgression, Roger Bell? No, I don't. I don't know Myers Leonard. I don't know. I can't say that. You know, he's anti anything. So first, let me put that out there. The way he said the word in the stream, because I did see it, and I will say to you this: my son is a big Call of Duty player, the one you were talking about, the one that plays, and I stand outside of his room, and he says some wild stuff i have to say to him hey man your nine-year-old brother's across the hall like you got you got to check that okay because he can't be privy to that so i i've witnessed people get like fired up about the game but the things that come flying out of your mouth in those instances aren't things that you never say like you're not drawing for a word at that point you're not searching your word bank for something to scream at someone what comes flying out is something that you say on the regular something that's yeah. in your vernacular at that moment and so that's what I know about that situation. I don't know Myers Leonard. Um, I, I hope he is not anti-Semitic or anything like that. But what you said was all kinds of wrong. And you just kind of illuminated to me another situation with, with Draymond Green um, calling Kevin Durant a, a bitch and the fine that was levied, you know, by the club for Draymond. Was it a one-game check, you said? It was a one-game check, yeah. And so, no, the, the the punishment does not match the crime. I'm not calling for him to be blackballed from the NBA or anything like that. I don't, I'm not even going to act like I know what the appropriate, but I know that 50 racks. Now, there could be some letter of the law and some something in the CBA that prevents them right now because he's injured from doing more. And if there is, then, you know, that's fair. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I do know that the current punishment for that um, does not fit the crime. No. It, I mean, like you said, it doesn't match the crime. And if you are talking about being a more inclusive league and everything like that, and you are talking about this is a league where everyone is welcome, you would want to get that right. You know? You would just want to get that right. You would want to make sure... Um, that the punishment matches the transgression, right? You want to because, and I don't know, I think we're gone to the days where like, oh, he go, he's going through a cultural diversity program. Everything should just be A-okay. I think we're gone from those days, man. I, I'm going to need to see real tangible work being put in. And, you know, this is also a guy that at least outwardly, the last time we saw him deal with things like this, it was in the bubble when he stands up for the national anthem while his black teammates are kneeling beside him um, to protest, you know, racial injustice, police brutality, and all these things. Even looking at the visual of that of that uh, that picture of a white man standing up while black men are kneeling beside him is. Very wild and problematic to me, right? Because he wanted to take a stand because he said his his family was in the military, um, which is also wild because Colin Kaepernick, the reason why everyone is kneeling, kneeled because a Green Beret told him that that would be more respectful to the military, right? Mm -hmm. But that was the last time we saw him talk about anything about equality or anything is that he went against his black teammates and was like, I'm not going to kneel for social injustice. I'm not going to do it. I'm outwardly not going to do this. And so when you see those back-to-back -back instances, it gives you a little bit of pause. Like, okay, are, are you really about, are you really about this life? Are you really about it? Do you say this on a regular basis? Do you say these types of things? And, 
it's one thing to like do the cultural diversity training, but it's another thing to put it in practice. And that is where I'm going to, you know, judge Myers Leonard. Is Are you really going to put in the work, bro? Because it doesn't seem like you do. It doesn't seem like, at least outwardly, it doesn't seem like you do. I think that's fair, Logan. Um, I, you know, I, I too asked the question, just the optics of who he is as it pertains to the anthem and the stand that he takes. It's okay, man. That's your stand. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to judge that. But when you then double down with this, you know, this mistake on the call of duty, I do think it's fair to start wondering if there's more to it than you would originally like claimed there was. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that's fair. Um, I'm not saying that without a doubt unequivocally there is. I'm just saying I, it's, it's fair to start wondering as embers, you know, continue to pop up. Like, I got to wonder now. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, Julian Edelman wrote him a, an open letter the same way he wrote, I think it was Deshaun Jackson when Deshaun Jackson had had um, put out some, some anti-Semitic uh, tweets, I believe it, it, it was, um, inviting Myers Leonard uh, to a Shabbat dinner in Miami and just for some educational purposes, um, you know, things like that. Myers, like if you really, if you're really contrite and you really want to understand what's going on, you really want to know why, you know, it was what you did was so egregious, take him up on him. You know what I mean? To your point, like the, 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 the what did they call it? Social sensitivity cultural, training. Oh, well, yeah. Come on, dog. Culture diversity. Not, ain't nobody worried. Come on, bro. Like, let's keep it a buck. That's 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 what they got to say. Like, that's just something in place to put everybody at ease. But, you know, do, take Julian Edelman up on, on stuff like that, you know? Immer- immerse yourself in the culture and learn about it. Um, and if, if you can do those things, again, I am not a cancel culture dude. I don't believe that your life should be over and you shouldn't be able to earn a living again because you made a mistake. Now, if you don't learn from that mistake, you keep making that damn mistake, then, you know, that that that's where we have the problem. Right now, he made a mistake. I do not think the punishment matches the crime. I'm going to say that again. Uh, but what are you going to do from now? Like how you can go about mending those fences and making it right? Um, We'll see, man. Um, I don't know, man. I have nothing. I have nothing. I, just, <laughs> I, mean, I think we've said, I think we've said all we had to say. I don't know what to say. If, have you ever been in the midst of like a heat and just yelled some stuff? Have you ever searched for a word in your head while you were know, emotional? Why were you emotional in the heat of a battle? Have you ever said, mm, no, 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 let me search for a word? Or do, does what you say sometimes just come flying out of your mouth? I mean, yeah, but it ain't no wild stuff like that. But, but that's my point. Like, yeah. but it's, it's something I didn't even that's know, in your like, vocabulary. I didn't, even know, I didn't even know, like, pardon me for not knowing those racial slurs. I didn't know that slur. I didn't even know. Right. So for you to say that, like he gave like an album cut of racial slurs. Like it was like a deep <laughs> album cut. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he just came from the, and then to say, go back and say you didn't know that, bro. We none of us do that. I'm sure like none of us knew that was a slur. That wasn't in my vocabulary. So I don't necessarily believe he didn't know that word. I don't at face value, I just don't, but that's neither here nor there. The fact is, we gotta see. What he come, what Myers does from here, we have to like that's that's just what it is, you know. We have to see if he's really about that action and really if he's really taking them classes to heart or not even taking them classes to heart. Is your mindset changed, dude? Like you're gonna have to do like a whole bit of soul searching or something to like figure that out and like really show you're different, you know, to show that this is different. Here's my thing: I know Eric Spolstra. Personally, right? I know Udonis Haslam since he was in the, I don't know, ninth grade. Um, I know some of the people around the Heat personally. They worked at FIU, some of their, you know, uh, strength and conditioning people and training staff. Like these are people that I've known outside of NBA circles. So I know who they are. They don't, they don't strike me and never have as a bunch of guys that would be tolerating um, a whole lot of, uh, of, of the things that that word represents. You know what I mean? Like the hatred mm-hmm. that that word represents. I don't believe the Miami Heat culture to be that. So I, I'm just going to say again, like Myers Leonard has to figure out how to actually prove to people that this was a one-off and that he's about making up for it and proving to everyone that that's not, you know, exactly who he is. Because I, I do, I do want to give the Heat credit. Like I know those people not to be like that. Do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're talking about strong personality, strong 
strong people and Udonis and Jimmy Butler and people like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those those cats aren't having a dude in the locker room who is displaying those type of tendencies on the regular, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, Myers just, hey, bro, take some people up on their offers to get educated and 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 have a little awareness about what's going on. Yeah, man. So the jury's still out on Myers Leonard, man. Like, we'll see, you know? Yep. We'll see in a, a few months or at least some years now how you really felt if you really bought this action. All right. And the Heat are playing well. The Heat are playing well. The Heat are playing well. Somebody was in the the Twitter sphere, right? Because I'm on there sometimes now asking if we were going to ever talk about the Heat. And I put like a little laughing, what is it called? A gif or a jif? What is it? It's not a, is it a gif, bro? Do you even know what you're doing? I don't know. An emoji? An emoji? No, it was a little, it was like a little animated thing. Like it was like somebody shrugging. Like, I don't know. But here we are. And the Heat are Myers Leonard. For all his transgressions, has brought us to the Heat, and the Heat are playing well. Jimmy Butler's balling; they're on the move. I mean, it makes sense, man. Like they had, like they were their older team, and they had a short turnaround, bro. Like, and they had injuries. Yeah, the Heat are fine. They, I didn't really, I wasn't concerned about the Heat. Okay, I think once they get into the into the into the postseason, they'll be fine. They're a veteran team, and also Jimmy Butler's a real one, bro. Like, I want to see I, in the playoffs. I'm taking. Take a Jimmy, man. You know what I mean? Take a Jimmy. All right. I don't know. I don't think he's going to go to the finals, but man, like Jimmy Butler and the and Bam Adebayo and Eric Spolster is a great coach, an elite coach. They'll figure it out. I'm sure they will. Heat talk. Ah, you feel me? <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and we are going to talk about the rookie class of the of the NBA. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. And we are back. I want to talk about something that we normally don't talk about here, Raja. Mm-hmm. The NBA's rookie class. I know you don't like you don't be talking about rookies. You don't be talking about youngins. You know what I mean. You be that's really not true. Just that is not. That is such a. That is that is totally not who I am, bro. I am not that guy. And I felt ne- I felt it necessary to hit you with a bro there. Sometimes it's bro. just sometimes I sometimes I just say it. That time I felt like it needed to be. That's not me, bro. Um, so talking about the rookie class and Lamelo Ball in particular. Lamelo Ball. By all accounts, if he keeps playing like this, rookie of the year. Like, no question, rookie of the year. Ball, and I sent you the clip of him doing a little spin cycle, turn around, pump fake three-point shot, all the swagger. Oh, my God. Real Chino Hills out here. Never lost. Never settled. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. Uh, But LaMelo's playing really good, man. And I think that LaMelo's playing really good. Anthony Edwards is playing really good. Tyrese Halliburton is playing really good. Mm-hmm. But this was supposed to be a rookie class where it was supposed to be the off year, remember? This was supposed to be the year that everyone was saying, oh, we'll just wait till 2021. We were wrong about this rookie class, weren't we? Um, if you said that, you were wrong. I don't, I don't know that we said that on this show. But if someone, if that was the narrative around the draft, then yeah, you're, you're probably wrong. I think rookies are more prepared now to be impactful players in the NBA than they were 20 years ago. Uh, the league's younger. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you know, um, the the physicality of of having those double bigs with, you know, two 6'11 plus guys, 270 plus, that, that's tough for a young frame 
um, to handle, right? Because typically when you come into the league, like you look at LaMelo Ball, I mean, he's going to add weight, He's but he's a skin, he's skinny right now, right? Like he's mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have that grown man body yet. And so it was tougher to navigate through an NBA game with the rules that were in place and all of those bigs running around banging you. Like it's wide open and in space now. And the mm-hmm. league is a lot younger. So I think, you know, it's set up now for rookies if you're if you're a good enough player, you know, not just any rookie, but if you're good enough to come in and be successful. And, you know, you're seeing it play out that way. LaMelo, you know, LaMelo is different for me. Anthony, Anthony Edwards is phenomenal. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, again, it, to double down on what you said, is having a great year. But LaMelo's swag is just off the charts. He's just, I mean, it's, and I say that like with with affection. It is it is just completely swagged out. Like, and and if I would say twenty years ago, people would be trying to touch him up for that. But in today's mm. NBA, today's NBA is not like that, and it's okay. I'm not I'm not complaining about it. But his swag is off the hey. charts. So when you're voting on that, like he's got he's just got moments where you're like, bro, you remember that move that moment made? Like that was crazy, man. Can can I can I keep it G real? Yeah, it was a lot of. Lamelo hate, just straight hate because of that swagger. Him oh, coming no into the draft, it no was doubt. just. It's in hindsight, it was just so ridiculous, man. If you see, I'm sure there's gonna be that like was a hate YouTube for his video. dad though. Let's keep it a buck though. That was hate for his dad and all. You know that that was projected on the kid, bro. Which is not cool in general. Which is a whole nother thing. Just to see, like, I'm sure there'll be like a compilation soon about like probably around the rookie of the year conversation around all the slander of that LaMelo got. Like, is he an NBA player? Bro, dude is 6'6 and can dribble and can is is really good. He just hasn't been in a structured environment. But dude played pro in Australia. Um, scored how many? Like 100 points as a sophomore in high school? Yeah. And and real competition in California? Yeah. Are you, like... Are we serious right now? If, if all the if all the theatrics around him weren't around, he would be a five-star recruit, number one player. It wouldn't even be a question. But the questions that LaMelo had to deal with was, in hindsight, a little much. Just a little bit much. Just um, a tiny bit. I think I think you are right. I, I also think that if you, you could have question marks about LaMelo coming in because of the style that he played. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that happens to a lot of players. I think it was extra with LaMelo, but sometimes you can look at a player's style and not really know how it fits in, right? I we Like, I like LaMelo. I also like Lonzo. I think Lonzo's a great player. I think Lonzo, somebody just has to, you know, he's playing better now. Maybe Stan Van Gundy's the guy that figures out exactly who he is and how he likes to play. Um, but I, I'm a fan of, of both of them. I do, again, think that, the dad, the brand, and all of that, um, and the level of vitriol that some people have for that um, is projected on the, on the kids to some degree. You saw it with Lonzo. You see it with LaMelo. And all I can say to that, because I'm not a hater of the dad or the brand, um, is those two young men handle themselves phenomenally. Yeah. They do. In the face of all of what's going on around them and all the hype and all the narrative and all the hate, those two handle themselves like pros and they're, you know, and, and they're succeeding. So shout out. Kudos, yeah. bros. And when we talk about this, how much stock do you put into um, a rookie year like this so far? Right. Because on the one hand, he can be all world, which I think he's going to be like, I just want to just, I'm just for the sake of conversation. I think LaMelo is going to be really good, have a really good career. Mm-hmm. But how much stock do you put into a LaMelo season versus say like a James Wiseman season, right? Where, it isn't, hasn't been as successful. Injuries have played a part. Is the verdict, I, I see like on the time, on the TL, as the millennials call it. The um, TL. The <laughs> TL. Uh, you know, everybody's writing Wiseman off and things like that. Is the, is the verdict already happened or should we wait at least three, four more years, man? Come no, on. Yeah, no verdict. No verdict on that. Hey, great job of taking the bull by the horns for some of these rookies stepping into to opportunities and and producing, right? James Wiseman did not play much last year. You're talking about LaMelo being over in in New Zealand and 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 Australia and playing and before that being in Lithuania playing against men in pro leagues whether they're great or not is besides the point. And James Wiseman played high school ball and then played what one or two games at Memphis and sat. Mhm. 
you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's going to be more of a learning curve for him. It's, it might take a, a little bit longer. I, I'm not telling you that he would be, he will be a superstar, but I'm telling you the jury is still out and you're going to have to be a little patient. And you see it play out from draft class to draft class. Some guys have a great first year. Can't duplicate that kind of wind up. That's their peak. That's who they are. You know, some guys, mm -hmm. it takes a year or two. And now here they are as something that you never, you know, could have imagined after their first year. And so everybody's different, man. You just got to let it play out. You got to let them get acclimated to the NBA, which everyone has a different time frame for that. And then, you know, you can figure out what they're going to be. What do you, what is the big learning curve that every rookie needs to know, right? Because it's one thing to say he's 19 years old, but what does that mean in the locker room? What does that mean when, um, yeah, what does that mean in a locker room? When you're, when you're around all these older millionaires in this yeah, different I, life. It is a completely different world. I talked about being in, in Phoenix, which was a veteran locker room where we were, you know, nobody really played video games. And we, you know, we did more adult, if you will, quote unquote, things. Doesn't mean every, but we were, you know, and then I went to Charlotte and it was a, you know, holiday party and everybody was playing video games in a movie theater. So if you fall into a locker room that's that's kind of split and you're a young player, it can be confusing to figure out, you know, how, how do I fit in here? Who am I supposed to be with? Like what, you know, how am I supposed to conduct myself? And you'd be naive if you didn't think that played into whether there was success on or off the court because, you know, you can't sometimes compartmentalize and separate the two. You're trying to you know, figure out how to live on your own in some instances, figure out how to you know, who to trust in terms of your finances. There's a lot of things that go into being a pro that can weigh heavily on you and, and distract you from doing your job. Do you understand and a lot what of I'm things saying? that have nothing to do with basketball, a lot of things that have nothing to do with basketball. And you're trying to, you're trying to manage all of this as a kid that should be maybe a, a sophomore in college, you know, and, and at a sophomore in college, I wasn't prepared to do anything on my own, No, anything. Um, so I just got prepared to do anything like, like, six months ago, you know? Yeah, work. I'm still working on myself, bro. <laughs> Yesterday was not a great day for me. So, I mean, yeah. we're, we're work in progress, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, and so some guys figure that out quicker than others. Some guys hit a firm footing and they're in a great locker room and there's their stability and they're able to hit the ground running. I think LaMelo, having been in the spotlight for as long as he's been in and dealing with the kind of dysfunction of a spotlight, you know, not anything created necessarily by family, but the spotlight in and of itself is dysfunctional. There's a lot of stuff going on in that, and he's navigated it since he was, what, 14? Yeah. He's going to have mu a much better foothold on NBA surroundings and what and what that entails than like a, uh, somebody else. He's also in the unique position where, you know, he's seen his brother go through this already, you know? It's different when you, when, you, when you have all the answers to the test because it's right there. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. what I mean? You, you see, you know, both of his brothers, right? You see what not to do. When you're overseas at UCLA, you know, you see what not to do there. You see how to navigate your first few years because, you know, your big bro is a Laker, a Laker, a Laker, his rookie rookie year with LeBron James or the second year with LeBron James. And you're seeing all this stuff go on. Um, so I think he's in a unique position. One thing that I'm it, it hurts that I, that we can't really see is we can't see. We can't see his game play in full uh, full arenas yet, and that's something that I'm really excited to see at some point. To see, uh, I know when Lamelo comes to the Bay, I got to be at that game. I have to be there. Uh, I'm sure when he goes goes to South Florida, you probably want to be there. Um, so I just feel like it's I feel like almost cheated that when he makes a great play or makes an alley oop to to uh, to Bridges. You can't really see like the real reaction or, or or when he gets booed for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he just and he goes through that. That's what I want to see from LaMelo because he he's such a uh polarizing figure and such a great player for this type of game and such an, an entertaining player. I want to see him in an arena. I want to see um the boos, the cheers and all that when he, when we come back. That, yeah, I it'd be it'd be great to see. He's this is an interesting question or an interesting topic for me because um, we typically talk about stars just being guys that you know get you 30 every night, carry your team to a championship, so on and so forth. I would make the argument LaMelo is, LaMelo's a star. Yes. At 14 and a half points a game um, on a team that I don't know where they stand in the East. I wasn't doing the research on that pre-show, but um, he's a star for the very reasons you just articulated. You want to see him. 
You want it. You want to be there when he makes those plays to see, you know, the wow play, the swag, the drip. You want to see that, and that, you know, there's stardom. There's stardom there, even in its polarization, right? People want to hate, you know. Like sometimes, you know, bad press is good press. They say, right? Like you, he's a star. People want to see what's going to happen with that, and I, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, the other thing I thought about with James Wiseman, and I just want to touch it before we move on, is the other part of like acclimating to the league is all about the speed of what's happening around you. Yeah. Right. So you you have in high school, like you might have for an open shot to be taken, let's say you have 0.75 seconds to get it off, right? One second. You get to the college level, high division one level, that might mm-hmm. go from one second to 0.75 seconds, 0.60 seconds. And when you get from that super high D1 level to the G League, it's slightly less, 0.5 seconds from 0.6. But when you get to the NBA, even from the G League, it goes from 0.5 to like 0.3. And that's just speeding up everything you do fractionally. And Mm -hmm. that makes you think. And when you have to think and you're not just playing off of, of, of this is what I do, it can kind of make you look like a deer in headlights or like you're lost a little bit. It takes different people, different amounts of time to acclimate to that. Some yeah. people never do, and that's why they can't be successful at the next level, right? Some people mm-hmm. are able to slow down mentally and get to a point where even though it's happening really fast, to you and your mind, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just what happens. So it's you're moving slow in your brain while the game is moving fast, and now you've acclimated to the speed. And so that's sometimes on the court, in the midst of what's going on, what's happening to rookies that aren't reaching the level of success that some people think they should. Wiseman um, is an interesting case because he was balling at the beginning of the season. There was the dunk that he had against D- at Detroit where he's going across court, does a does a uh, Euro step and dunks on like two people, bro. Mm-hmm. Like the game is there. One thing I want to ask you, I want to ask you, um, did you see that he got uh, he got benched for the game a game recently because he missed two tests against the Clippers. He missed two COVID tests, like just straight up missed it, and. Um, Steve Steve Kerr sat him for the uh I think until the fourth quarter because he missed two tests. Now there was some talk on the timeline about how that was not fair and how he should have played. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. How, you know, that why do you take it out on the kid and and mess with his minutes and, and, that's and his things job. like that? That's his job to be at the COVID test. Look, that's his just boy. Don't get me started on that, bro. No, you get, get me started. started. You get ahead, me started with ahead, my coach, my coach hat, because it all, it all. Coach, it, Coach Bell, Coach Bell. What do you think? Steve Kerr's job is to hold James Wiseman accountable for doing his job, and part of your job as an NBA athlete right now is fulfilling your COVID required testing or whatever else that looks like. And if you're not holding up that end of the bargain then by definition, you're not doing your job and it becomes Steve Kerr's job to hold you accountable. Otherwise, you stay being the immature, you know, young kid that's not being a professional. And Steve Kerr, kudos to him for having backbone to be like, nah, bro, like this is what we're doing. Like you missed that and there's got to be a ramification for that. Now, the argument was a few years back when Clay Thompson hit I think uh, 60 and three quarters. Mm-hmm. Practice before that, I guess he overslept and didn't make practice, right? And there was a juxtaposition of, well, you know, Wiseman missed this and he didn't get to play, but Clay Thompson, hold on, I know, I see your face. Go ahead, no, go ahead, I'm listening. And, and Clay Thompson um, did get to play after missing a practice. My argument here is James Wiseman probably will, I don't know, probably, might be a Hall of Famer, might be a great talent. Maybe, but he is not Clay Thompson in 2016-17. That's what it is. He's just not. It's he hasn't proven enough to do that, and that's just how it is. He, you lev- can't. There's levels, levels to this shit. There's levels. Now I, I broached some players, um, and they were like, you know, we got to stop normalizing how, you know, normalizing um, this kind of punishment of taking away game time, and you're you're killing Wiseman's confidence. You're killing all these people's confidence by benching them. I'm saying you hold them accountable. You know, I, I think that you're holding these players accountable for at least in a rookie. Because let's get let's be real, man. In this life, people get special treatment. Superstars get special treatment. They can be late to a shoot around and still play and still start. It doesn't matter. But you're a rookie. You're a rookie. You can't do th- and it just is what it is, and it's different, man. Like 
it just is what it is. Kevin Durant can get can miss something. You know, he doesn't. Or LeBron, he doesn't. But if LeBron missed a practice, not the end of the world. He still can, he's still gonna start. It's not gonna get out. But they had to earn that. They had to earn it, the right to be able to do that. Damn, damn right. Um, first of all, different coaches may have different approaches to that. Um, you know, another coach might let you get away with that. Um, I would say Steve Kerr is as successful as he is uh, because, you know, he's a really good coach and he has a good feel for these things. I, you know, James Wiseman, you said missed two COVID tests, right? Yep. That's two. That's not one, right? What you, what you talked about, not only is, are you not Clay Thompson at this point, but I've got enough of a sample size if I'm Steve Kerr of Clay Thompson being on time, doing what he's supposed to do, not missing practices, that if he messes up once, like that, I can forgive that. We can talk about that. And if I'm satisfied with the excuse, I can forgive it. But you've missed two now. I would venture to say if Clay Thompson overslept like two days later and didn't come to practice, then he would have never had the opportunity to have that 60 point whatever quarter or game because, you know, th- at that point now I have to do something because this is a pattern. Like you've done it twice. So that's the difference for me. I'd be fascinated, you know, to know who most players that I was around and maybe this is the old curmudgeon coming out, but most of us wanted accountability. I respected the hell out of Jerry Sloan um, because there was accountability and it was for everyone to some degree. Yes, there are levels to it and a much better player than me might not have the same, but he was going to be in their face and hold them accountable to some degree. Do you know what I mean? Their minutes might not be affected like mine, Um, but like Jerry, Jerry Sloan was the type of dude, Jerry would sit me for like two games, let's say. Now, I wasn't playing maybe two-thirds of the minutes that I had normally played. And I'd eventually have to go to Jerry and say, you know, coach, I don't understand. Like, what, what's going on? What did I do? And he'd look me straight in the face as a man and he'd detail what I wasn't doing, right? And he'd tell me, like, this is what it is and this is why I'm doing that. And if you can fix it, then you get your minutes back. And guess what it was on me to do? Fix it. Fix it. And if I fixed it, as a man of his word, you know what Jerry would do? Put me right back where I was supposed to be. But I appreciated that. Like, that's how you thats how you grow as a player and as a team. If you're just going to let people do whatever they want all the damn time and there are no ramifications or, or punishments for them, Logan, you, you know, you can't grow. You can't be a good team like that. Listen, man, if you did a wild crime and got a slap on the wrist for it, you know, chances are you're probably going to be like, well, I'm going to do that again. Like, you know what I mean? I'm I'm going to do it again. My question to you is, though, when you see uh, that argument, to play devil's advocate a bit, Mm -hmm. when you see that argument about a rookie seeing a veteran guy not get held accountable the way he is supposed to, does that mess with their – could that mess with their spirit, man? Because if I see somebody like, man, Raja ain't getting punished, man. Raja ain't getting doing it. Like, Sasha's big time. She ain't getting no ramifications. There's nothing that's happening with her, but y'all laying the law on me. What 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 what's going on right here? I don't I don't like this. Could that mess up with a rookie's psyche when he sees that? Yeah, but then he ain't built from the right stuff. If that's gonna derail a rookie because he ain't getting treated like a star, then I'd make the argument that he ain't built from what you need to do to be built for to be successful in the league. Because there are levels to it, and that rookie has played at a lot of different levels. And at some point, he was the young buck, and at every level. There are different rules for different people. Now, a good organization, and I've talked about this as it pertains to LeBron and Kawhi with special treatment, good organizations learn how to not rub someone's nose in the fact that they don't get the same benefit of the doubt that Logan might get, right? Mm -hmm. So that sometimes falls on a coach and as an organization. But as, you know, I wasn't a star rookie, but I was always a medium to low guy on the totem pole, Logan. I cannot be affected by what you let Amari Stoudemire or... Allen Iverson or Michael Finley do or not do. They're not me. That's not my business. My business is what I can control and the way I interact with my teammates, my coaches and the club and whether I'm following the rules that they want me to follow. I can't be concerned with what Logan is allowed to do. Fair point. You have to be strong minded because if, you know, this is going to derail your whole career, then then that's something about you. I'm saying, I think Wise is going to be great, though. I really think Wise is going to be great. Me too. I didn't mean to. Yeah, like, hopefully, the people didn't yeah. take this as a slant on James. Nah, it wasn't like I that. I think. No, 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 no. I think, but I think Wise is going to is the truth and will be. He was my pick to be rookie of the year this year, and I think once he figures it out, um, he's going to be fine. He's seven, yeah. what seven two, bro? Like it can super run. skilled. Yeah, he's going to be fine. 
Really good player. All right. That has been another edition of The Real Ones on the Ringer NBA feed. It's a fun, a fun, uh, it was a, a interesting episode. It's an interesting episode. I would say fun. I think that's It was a fun okay. episode. I think it was fun. I think it was a fun episode. Um, you can check us out on Mondays and Thursdays. We got some stuff coming for you guys coming up pretty soon. I think you guys are going to like it. Um, you can uh, catch Raja on Twitter. Tell him your Twitter, Raja. What is my Twitter? I don't know it. What is Is it Bell19 Raja? All right, right? I'm going to tell you right now. I got to look it up, bro. I got to look it up. Um, this is ridiculous, is, bro. This is, this is ridiculous. ridiculous. It is Bell19 Raja. That is my Twitter. Yeah, my verify Twitter. him. Yeah, go ahead and um, get that me out at, Lo- at Logan M. Murdoch. Um, you can check out our full slate of pods. Um, the You can check out the mismatch. You can check out group chat. You can check out the answer. You can check out R2C2 with who, Roger Bell? The Vallejo legend, CC Sabathia. You can check out um, the Ringer Music Show, which just had an emergency uh, pod come out today with Charles Holmes. You can check out Black Girl Songbook with Daniel Smith. You can check out TV Concierge on Tuesday because I will be on it on Tuesday with Shea Sharana. So um, tap in. We will see you guys on Thursday. Holla.